The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back and thank you for joining us as we continue in the study through the Word of God. Uh, Monday through Friday, verse by verse, section by section. We're going to dive right into the book of Philippians. We are halfway through as we're jumping into Philippians chapter 3 this morning. I mentioned that we have been going through the theme that most uh, theologians would agree is the primary theme of Philippians, and that is joy or rejoicing. Uh, We've also used a uh, fourth-part thought that an author, Warren Wearsby, mentions that the Proverbs, or excuse me, Philippians gives us an idea to overcome what we call joy robbers, things that can rob our joy that aren't supposed to. So how do we have joy over them? We talked about overcoming um, uh, circumstances, people. Uh, In this situation, when verse 3, chapter 3, Warren Wearsby mentions that the next thing we overcome are uh, things the desire for things and things of that nature, really a contentment. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at chapter 3, again, with this idea of joy. How do we have joy over uh, these different things? And he really starts in the first couple verses of this chapter talking about the idea of one of the things that's necessary is to have the right perspective, uh, not to be deceived, and it it comes with a depth, but it really is the right perspective and the right focus. Uh, Let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. So honestly, I think most of us would say when we start off, a uh, book, especially in Paul and the Apostles, sometimes the first few verses, they talk about the grace, and you say, okay, there's a lot of older salutations and things like that. Frankly, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. You say, okay, it could be an older translation. It could be this. Sometimes this just doesn't make sense. And when you first look at this, you're going to look and say, okay, he's telling them to rejoice in the Lord, which makes sense. But why is he telling them to be aware of dogs? It's a, it's an intriguing thing. You have to understand, we'll look at a little bit of the culture and the history here. But let's go ahead and unpack these verses to give us an idea. It, it initially is confusing, but it makes sense when you understand the culture behind it. So he says, finally, brethren, he's kind of concluding some thoughts as he's halfway through the letter. He says, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. It's a reminder, rejoice. It comes down to joy. It's not always circumstances. It's not always things are well, but my rejoicing, my confidence, my joy is in the Lord. Then he says this, he goes, to write the same things to you, to me is not grievous, but to you it is safe. He goes, to be repetitious, to give emphasis, for me to say things that I've already said more than once, uh, he goes, it's not grievous to me. I'm not wasting time. I'm not um, kind of feeling like I'm being redundant. It's important for me to continue to give a reminder to you. Please remember something important that we understand, especially in the times of Scripture, when in this New Testament time at the beginning, uh, as they're writing the Scripture, we know that Paul's in prison. But again, he's not in prison for crime. He's in prison for teaching the truth, teaching the gospel. This was a time the church was not popular. Uh, There was great persecution against Christians. Now, I'm explaining what I mean by that. The Roman guard was not a fan of this either, but the bigger problem came from the religious guard, came from the temple, came from the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish leaders, leadership that was holding to what we call today Judaism, but really they believed to hold to the law, the Old Testament law. They preached the coming of the Messiah, but refused to this day to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. So what was happening is 
Jesus and this, his following, his disciples, this new Christian belief. And please remember, when they were called Christians in Antioch, this, this really was a bit of an insult, little Christ. It wasn't, you know, they use it as a badge of honor, but it wasn't meant that way. It was, you will be persecuted if you are a Christian. So he's writing to a church that says, you are going to go through times of persecution. This is not going to be easy. So in the midst of these times, rejoice. Find your joy in God, not in things or people or circumstances. He goes, so I'm going to keep writing these things to you. It's not grievous. This is good to remind us, myself and you, to be living and rejoicing. So then he says, let's talk a little bit about what sometimes can be confusing. He goes, so he's giving a warning. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Simply, these three things come under this premise of it would be false teachers. Dogs was an, um, a phrase used. Uh, you would call someone a dog back in the old in the Hebrew days. It was an insult. Dogs were considered filthy animals. And so he says, beware of the filthy animals. Right? Beware of these people who would be false teachers. And, and they're so filthy and they're so wrong, I would call them a dog. Uh, so he says, beware of these people who would be engage in teaching false. So here's what was happening. A lot of the um, people, these false teachers, they, they realized that this new gospel, this, this following of Jesus was becoming popular. And so instead of convincing people the right and wrong through scripture, what they did is they tried to blend the two together. They say, okay, we're going to grab this supposed new teaching of grace and we're going to mesh it with works. And so, yeah, you can have grace, but you have to have works as well. And all of the Old Testament law as well. And so they were telling him, okay, we're going to bring in what we say Moses taught, what Jesus taught, and let's put it together. It'd be perfect. And they were, it really was a lie, but they were trying to merge those two things together. So she goes, beware of these people who, they don't necessarily just outright deny the teachings of Jesus. They blend them. And by the way, I think that is something we need to watch today too. There's a lot of religions out there that they will go to the Word of God in the Bible and they will claim, uh, they will even use our Bible many times for it, claim certain things, and they've, they've got some truth, a, a fraction of truth in there. And then what they do is they pull from there and they, they veer from the Word of God to add to that truth. Very, very dangerous. So when you first hear it, well, they're using the same scripture. It starts off the same thinking. It must be right. But then when they veer, you're like, well, I've never heard that. You've got to be very careful that what they're teaching needs to be biblical from beginning to end. Our teachings come from scripture. They come from the inspired word of God. No one's opinion. That still happens today. So make sure you compare everything they teach. And, and when someone comes to you and says, we got this brand new truth. There are no new things under the sun. What God taught us in Old and New Testament, he is still teaching us today. There's not new. Be very careful with new revelation. There's just not new out there. We, we have the complete work of God that's been around for a long time. This is what we hold on to. But then he says, so, so one of the things they really pushed was this idea of circumcision. It was an Old Testament law. And they said, you got to do these things. It really was law. You got to do these works, do these good things above and beyond grace. So here's what he says in verse three. We are the circumcision. It's not the act. We themselves. Because the premise of the circumcision was a picture of putting off and being distinct from the world. He goes, we are this circumcision. Who are? Which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. He goes, it's not about the works. It's about the true spirit. It's about what's really going on inside. Do I truly worship God or am I just following a list of rules. And here's simply what it comes. I need to follow God based upon his standards, not my own. 
I'm, I, it's not a church's responsibility, preacher or myself, to say, I'm going to have all these extra really spiritual things, and if I do them, I'm good. Because here's what happens with that. If I come back and say, I'm going to do all these good things, I'm telling God that by these good works, you need to be approved by what I'm doing. It's still humanistic. It's the core of religion. The core of religion has very little to do with God and mostly to do with me. I want to do things my way, and then God needs to accept it. But the reality of Scripture is God's got His way to heaven, His way to be right with him and to do right. And I need to follow that. I follow his standard, not my own. And that's what he's saying here. We, uh, we are in his spirit. And here's what we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him. If our confidence is found in ourselves, we're, always, we're often going to be discouraged. If our confidence is found in Jesus, even when everything seems to be falling apart, we have a hope. And that's what he wants us to have. If we're going to find joy in all of these things, it cannot be in ourselves. Now, tomorrow we'll jump in because Paul kind of talks about how he should, above everybody, should have confidence in the flesh and yet we'll tell why not. And so we'll dig a little deeper in why our hope is in Jesus and not in ourselves and how that, that confidence itself can be extremely dangerous. Again, thanks for joining us today and giving, us a, uh, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate the privilege uh, to be here and to, and to help. Hope it's an encouragement. And uh, thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.